1: With this show, and I'm going to begin sharing some of the same information I did from last week's show, where recently I looked at a Phoenix magazine article where they had their Best of 2022 series. They have best restaurants, best hotels, best doctors, best lawyers, and this year they have a best witch category. and And they quote, quote unquote, said that witchcraft is all the rage these days and recent studies have shown that there are now as many as 1.5 million practicing witches in the U.S. This is up from a survey in 1990 that showed there were only about 8,000, and last year the Drudge Report had an article where young women are turning to witchcraft in droves, and what breaks my heart is during the same time we're seeing youth hit the exits for the church, and So last week I had Sarah Ann Sampolis with me, and she shared her story on her journey into witchcraft as a teenager and out of it and how Christ set her free. And now she's talking openly about these issues. So, Sarah, welcome back to the show.
2: Thanks so much for having me, Mike.
1: So some questions um, from where we left off last week. You had talked about witchcraft providing a sense of belonging. Yeah, belonging to what? Because you weren't in a coven, right?
2: Uh no. Um, I actually, I lived in a very small town, so I actually, I did seek out to try to find other witches. Um, but obviously, pre-internet, pre, you know, where you can actually get on message boards, um, I, I had a very hard time connecting with other people. So I definitely practiced mostly as a solitary witch. However, that's very different today today, you can find yourself, anybody and everybody who will support and and lead you yep. um into those into that world so. mm.
1: and you talked about your father a lot, but where was your yeah. mom mom during this time
0: <laughs> so
2: my my mom pretty much stayed out of everything she she pretty much just was. I mean she was there um but she um she had no problem I mean she purchased all my all the books any any book on witchcraft I wanted she never even she never worried about it so she was the one that actually like funded it because she never turned down buying a book ever no matter what it was um so she she definitely didn't have any problem with any of it um but you know we weren't we weren't close and nor did she have any idea what what I was doing so she was very uh um absent.
1: Mm. So mom was checked out and dad was a hardcore, yeah. you could almost say warlock.
2: I don't know that he would have used that word. I actually asked him that um and he, he 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 didn't think that descriptions or labels were necessary. Um so he's kind of funny about he was kind of funny about answering exact things sometimes. He just he just uh he he definitely let me know when he was, you know, proud of something that I was doing or, like, approved of something I was doing, um, but sometimes he would be a little evasive. But technically, yes, that's what he would have probably been considered by others in, the, in that world. Mm.
1: You talked about your dad's drug addiction. Are illegal yeah. drugs and even psychiatric drugs, are they, are they a doorway to the spirit world, specifically the demonic realm?
2: Um, I, I do believe illegal drugs absolutely can be. Um, I think that there's a ton. Um, that's actually kind of what I'm seeing a lot with, um, millennials, um, is this use of psychedelics. And actually, if you read some of the eggs, uh, excess, this ex-evangelical movement thing that's happening, this kind of like rejection of, you know, the church and evangelicalism and all sorts of other things, um, you actually find a lot of stories um, that talk about using psychotropics and mushrooms and things like that, that help them connect and things. And so absolutely, you know, anytime you choose to be, um, when you choose to engage in something that kind of separates your mind um, and and the truth um, you open yourself up to anything coming in um, and so th- so those can be a doorway and and i mean honestly i think you your ministry has a lot with um, porn and things like that as well um, so any time i mean truthfully any time we engage in sin We open the door to the enemy. And so, because it separates us from, from God in that, in that time. And when we engage in that, when we, and when we habitually engage in those things, we absolutely do open ourselves up for influence, um, demonic influence and, um, and demonic influence can be very, very powerful. It messes with, with how we think about things. It messes with how we, can receive or not receive the truth it puts up blinders it makes us hard like hardness of heart to understanding and hearing what the spirit says and so there's so many dangers involved with with disc, you know trying to do something and that's what the psychotropic you know the mushrooms and the all of those things that's what they do they try to they try to like cut off um, so that you can and they say you know to be free and everything else but basically you're you're being you're free to be uh, engaged by any kind of spirit that wants to wants to mess with you.
1: Mm. Well, since you brought up pornography, which we talk about a lot, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't really re- understand that it is a satanic product, and that when sure. cr- when the church when the church is today's church, we see that two thirds of Christian men are viewing porn, and thirty percent of women are viewing porn. And to me, what that says is that we're actually supporting and funding and approving of Satan's work. We're talking Christians here. What is your take
2: on that? Um, I think I it's it's not the way Jesus called us to live. Like he I mean, he he died so that we did not have to be a slave to sin. But in order for us to to actually be free, we have to do the work to be free. We, you know, there there's times when Jesus looked in in the Gospels where he, you know, he looks at the person like, do you want to be well? And that's that's basically what I would say, is do you want to be well? Because if you want to be well, you absolutely can be free, because that is what Jesus paid the price for us, to be fully free and not to be a slave to sin. And so when we as Christians, I mean, Satan does an awful lot of stuff to dis you know, to try to discredit God, discredit Christianity, discredit what Jesus did, discredit what the truth is. I mean, he works overtime to do that. And, you know, obviously we see a lot of news headlines that, that appear to do that. The thing is, is that he can never truly discredit God because the people that have been set free, they know the truth. They know the truth. And like, you absolutely do not have to live in that, but you absolutely have to Get free. You have to make the choices. You have to do the hard work of turning away, um, because it's not something that, I mean, I, I mean frequently it, it is an addiction, because there is actual like the chemicals and hormones and things in your body that are responding to what you're viewing and what you're doing, and so. So there is there is something that you you have to do some hard work and you have to ask those hard questions of you know do you want to be free and do you want to because you can be you absolutely can be um, there's a lot of ministries too that um, you know a lot of a lot of uh, deliverance ministries which also is a little fringy but. Frankly, it shouldn't be fringy, because Jesus did it in the Gospels, like, how many times? I mean, half of what he did was deliver people from demons. Um, so deliverance ministry was absolutely a core part of what Jesus did in the Gospels, and turned to around to his disciples and said, you'll do all of these things plus more all of these things plus more. So deliverance ministry really should not be on the fringes. It should be it should be part of what discipleship is is getting free. I was delivered of a demon, like I remember it happened like my my spiritual mom and during my discipleship group and everything else. I got delivered. I totally remember that moment. Like it was it, it's real. It's, it is very very real. Um, but those influences you you can't get she, my spiritual mom, actually says something to me that I feel is super, super powerful, and I think that it applies to this topic. And that is, you can be delivered of your enemies, but you can't be delivered of your friends. When they are your friends, when those mm. demons and those things that you're doing are your friends, you're not going to get set free from them. It's not until they're, they're your enemies that then you're in, then you start to become in a place where you can actually be set free.
1: Yeah, we do have people coming to us who said, I've been through deliverance ministry, but I'm still head over heels and bondage to porn. And I'll tell them, well, there's a chemical and emotional and a spiritual component to this, and you can't cast out your flesh. So there's a heck of a lot more to this going on than just the spiritual realm. It's yeah. Sometimes it almost feels like putting the flesh to death is harder than the spiritual battle.
2: For sure, for sure. Dying. I mean, I mean, how many? I mean, Paul talks about the flesh all the time. He's like, you have to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Put to death. That means actually, like, take out a knife and kill them. Like, you ha- you have to do it. Um, and so there there is a sense of. I mean, yes. Wouldn't it be nice if Jesus, you know, just like waved his hand over us and it's all gone? Like, but that's not what what becoming like christ looks like it is always a journey i always talk about how like a lot of people treat christianity as like a redecoration like Mm. okay uh you go in your house and you put up a new you go up to and you put up new paintings and you put up new fixtures and you're like oh i've got jesus now here and oh, i'm gonna put my little cross up and my little jesus fish and i'm gonna i'm gonna redecorate a little bit and all won't that be nice he just comes in I am sorry, that is not what it looks like. It is a remodel. And if you've ever been through a remodel, it's not fun. It's not fun. They destroy everything before anything's rebuilt. And it is, it, when, when, we become, when we become His, it, we are in for a full remodel. And that is something that God takes us through in His, in His grace and His mercy. He does it as we are able. He does it as we can handle it. And he takes us through piece by piece by piece, mm-hmm. and he remodels us. I mean, I've been in this for thirty years, and he's still remodeling me. Dale, I mean, every week there's something he's pointing out to me or showing me, and and he's adjusting my perspective, and he's you know he's deepening our relationship like that. It never ends, and so too many people think. Oh, I can come in, and Jesus is just going to come in, he's going to fix everything, and then everything's going to be great. And that's just not the truth. That is not what discipleship looks like. It means you and me becoming more like Jesus every day, but it requires us, it requires something of us. And that dying to flesh is no easy thing. So that's why, do you want to be well? Do you actually, do you want to be well? Because if you want to be well, then you've got to make the hard choices. You've got to make the hard choices to maybe get rid of internet in your house or at your work. Or maybe you cannot, you cannot be on a phone. Maybe you need to go back to a flip phone. Maybe you need to make some really hard choices sometimes to be free. And, and I think that that's true for anybody, whether the addiction is porn or something else. You know, there's plenty of idols that, that, People have to pick and choose from nowadays, mm-hmm. um, and I and I don't think that one is worse or better than the other. If it's, if you're an idolatry, you're an idolatry. Like that's it's it's all bad. It's all bad. But there absolutely is a, a role that we have to play in getting well.
1: Yeah, I I agree absolutely, hundred percent. We got to throw ourselves all the way into the Christian life. We can't just dabble in it Sunday morning and think oh, I'm good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like you said, that remodel thing goes on until death. Um, yep. I- I'm constantly getting walls knocked out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this room now. <laughs> <laughs> so last, last
1: week you talked about Christians having an outsider's view of the church. What does that mean?
2: I think it's it's been interesting because my husband and I are both first generation Christian parents, and so because um, we did not come from from Christian families, and so you know I didn't grow up in the church. We didn't grow up with Bible stories. We didn't grow up kind of like hearing the words and the vernacular and how people talk and stuff. And so I feel like um, I feel like when when you're for me, I feel like I I sometimes do feel like an outsider because I I i I've been in the church for, you know, over 30 years, but it's, to me, I'm often, like, I feel like I'm more aware of, of the culture and our impact on the culture than many of my Christian friends who just grew up in the church and, you know, who just do their thing and love God and go to, you know, just, you know, do the normal thing, right? And so I, I and of course, having a, you know, unusual testimony i i also i do i do i get i get frustrated sometimes because i'm like why are we not talking about this stuff why are mm-hmm. we letting people be hurt by the enemy because we don't want to talk about things you know like um i you know like my story for example um you know i'm out here in la and um you know i have a, a tv show a movie uh, a memoir about my story <laughs> And, and you know, I've been in public. I've been in publishing for twenty years. You know everything else, and and it. And I know some really great people. Uh, I know some very high up people, and everything else. And and they're all like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, like, oh, nobody's ever going to make this. You know, nobody's ever going to spend the money to do this because Christians are afraid of it. They they don't want to do it. And I'm like, why, 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 why would we not talk about this? Like, I I genuinely don't get it. And it's and it's baffling to me how we don't we we just choose not to talk about things as a, as a, you know, big church, you know, they just, they just don't discuss things. They don't, they don't talk about things. And that's, that is where millennials, you know, where you've, I mean, the millennials have, have made a mass exodus from church and that's part of why is that they feel like, like the church doesn't engage in relevant issues and in what, and what needs to happen and be said. And I think we're too, we're, I don't know, like it, it's just, you, I think people, Christians, need to step outside of their little their little viewpoint, their one little perspective, and, and start to hear kind of what people are saying, not so that they can, like, choose to agree. It's not that we're in agreement with what the world is saying, but we have to be aware of what they are saying. Um, and that's why I'm so, like, passionate about, like, this is a story, and I've run across, as a producer out here, I've run across multiple stories that are the same thing about, like, talking about things that we're not comfortable with. We want everything to be nice and happy and have a clean ending, and we don't want to, and, you know, we don't want to talk about it because it's going to glorify the enemy. It's going to glorify witchcraft. <laughs> it's like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> Exposing the truth is, is what you, is what you have to do. And Jesus was never afraid to talk, to talk about the hard things at the same time that he talked about the good things. And I think we're afraid to talk about the hard things, you know, about what it, what it really means. Um, and I think young people in particular, they crave that authenticity and that vulnerability and realness. And I think we just haven't been real enough with them, unfortunately. And so, um, I think it's time for us to, to say, Hey, you know, there have been some bad things, but that doesn't change who Jesus is. It actually doesn't change anything that the scriptures say. And that, you know, there's, there is, there is truth and there is life and death before us all and and these are very real things that i you know that we all grapple with in the quiet but the culture is being very very loud right now and the church is really struggling to know how to respond so it's it's a it's a it's a tricky time for sure
1: yeah we've we moved here in july of 2020 2 years ago and we've been looking for a church the last 2 years and Boy, you're you're singing my song. I've been talking about this for a while now that um, the places we're going to, they're basically putting us to sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. And you don't hear about spiritual warfare and we talk about this on this show and we don't – porn and sex, I mean, extremely rare. And then, I mean, and grazing on these topics surely isn't going to help anyone. And like I love what you're doing because we have to equip people – and challenge them to be spiritual warriors and fighters. Just like doing a verse-by-verse study once every four years on the armor of God. My gosh, that's not cutting in a time like this when everything is so dark and evil.
2: No, it's not cutting it at all. Um, I'm reading a, a new book by uh, my friend Susie Larson, and it's called Strong in Battle. And it's actually kind of would be good for for anybody, But but she talks a lot about spiritual warfare, and she talks about how we are often—we're just— you know the Church is asleep in a lot of ways, and if we don't wake up, if we don't wake up in our in our own self and who we are and what our identity is in Christ, and how to actually be equipped for battle i mean he didn't talk i mean Paul didn't talk about in ephesians about the all the the armor and everything else because it was this cute metaphor <laughs> it's actually very real, and we actually. Ha- there actually is an enemy, and I think one of the things that American culture has done, what, he, what the enemy has done very, very well in American culture, is make it look like he's not real, um, and that it's not an issue, and that, you know, and I've had pastors, I've had pastors argue with me about this, and I'm like, there is no way you read the scriptures if you're arguing with me. This mm. makes no sense. Like, you can't, you cannot sit there and say that this doesn't matter, and talking about it does not glorify it. And unfortunately, the other thing that we don't talk about is sin. And everybody, you know, I, I mean, we've, we, we moved to L.A. and also have visited probably, I don't even know, 30 churches at this point. And um, very, very few people even talk about how, how sin aligns you with the enemy's kingdom. There's only two kingdoms. There's only two places you can be. And one of the biggest lies in the culture is that there's a neutral point that that oh you can be neutral and there actually is no neutral position like you're you're in one kingdom or the other regardless like there's there is no middle road so if you are in the kingdom you know you have to be fully in the kingdom and fully engaged in what that is in order to stay there because the 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 roads that kind of lead off into that other kingdom are super available to us in, in, in any day. Um, and that and sin is a huge, huge issue. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. Like, I, there's been some horrible things that I've seen from churches about dealing with um, pastors who have, have um, sexually assaulted um, pe- women in the ministry and things like that. Like, there's so much of it out there. And people are horrified, and they're like, how can this happen? I'm like, well, it happens all the time because the church covers stuff up. They don't deal with stuff. And unfortunately, they have to stop doing that. They have to. And so, like, to me, it's so obvious, but yet, like, nobody, it's like, it's like there's this, like, you know, n- nobody's talking about it. Like, they want to they want to hide and pretend it's not real. And, and you know, Jesus was never afraid to confront, Paul was never afraid to confront things. I mean, Paul <laughs> Paul's like, throw them out. Mm, yeah. doing this? Like, we like, turned why? them
1: over to Satan. That's like I ain't going there. I mean, it's...
2: yeah, I know. I'm like, um, why are we tolerating these people to do? Like, why are we doing this? Throw them out. Like, I, I don't understand. Um, I mean, I've even spoken up in my in my own church and like argued with my leadership because they wouldn't throw somebody out that needed to be thrown out. And I was like, he he's hurting people. Like, I don't understand what, where and they're oh, they're repentant. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're lying to you. You have to use some discernment. And we just don't use any discernment anymore, and it, and it's killing us. It's, it's it's killing us. But the ones that really want it, again, do we want to be well? Do we want? And I've always, I mean, because I think because of my my very clear viewpoint of what the kingdom of darkness looks like and being transferred into the kingdom of light. Well, let me tell you, when when you learn and see that stark difference, and you know that you know that you know that there is one and there is the other, and I only want to be in, in God's kingdom. Like, you, you, I am. I am super sensitive to anything that is slightly off to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it even has a whiff of anything, I'm like, no, no, no. But that discernment has come from years and years and years of reading the Bible and knowing the truth. Years and years of it. And I am, I'm diligent and I'm a studier and I am a, I'm a seeker and I, I spend that time. But that's, that's why I can recognize it. I actually like, there's a Hocus Pocus, which was this very, uh, famous movie from back in the 80s, I think. And, um, they, the, a new one's coming out. It's a Hocus Pocus too. So with the same people, there's a lot of, um, buzz about it because Nobody, you know, this is the first time that they've remade it and they brought some of the people back and everything else. It's already filmed. The first trailer came out and it popped up on my feed and I started watching it. I shut it off because there's a spell in it, Mm. like in the trailer. And I was like, "Mm -mm." like, I do not like that, you know, and and it's funny because there are certain things I can watch that I'm like, hmm okay, I can watch this and, and understand what's happening. And then there's other stuff like that where I'm like, something's really wrong here. This is not good.
1: Thank you so much. Your uh, your passion and fire got me all lit up, so I, I love it. <laughs> so, Sarah, in case people want to contact you, what is your website?
2: Uh, it's Um So it's Sarah with an H, and with an E, and then S-U-M-P-O-L-E-C.com.
1: Great. Appreciate it.
2: Do you want to be free?